Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Wild Yoga Tribe podcast. I'm your host, Lily Allen Duenas. Together, we'll talk about the world of yoga and we'll talk to people from around the world. Before diving into the episode, I wanted to invite you to head on over to my Patreon account. I would love your support and I'm thrilled to have this beautiful community space where we can do yoga together, meditate together, and you'll get access to exclusive content. Get ready for some private Zoom Q&As, free printable art, meditation recordings, and more. Follow the link in the show notes to get started or head on over to any of my social media channels or my website, wildyogatribe.com to hang out, get to know each other better and find out more about all the support and resources available to you. Ready to dive in? Let's get started. Namaste family and welcome back to the Wild Yoga Tribe podcast. Today, I am so excited to welcome Sten Kaji onto the show today. He's a yoga teacher from Cameroon, and he's actually the owner and founder of the first yoga studio in Cameroon, which is amazing. It's called Arc Yoga, and he opened that at the end of 2019, and he actually received his yoga teacher training certification with the Africa Yoga Project in Kenya and was in the same graduating class as Rama Saeed from Ghana, a previous guest on the Wild Yoga Tribe podcast. So I think that's so exciting. They have the same connection and we're in the same graduating class. Love that. So Sten teaches various types of meditations and power vinyasa yoga at his studio in Cameroon. So thank you so much, Sten, for being with us today. Thank you, Lily. Thank you for having me. Very excited. <laughs> me too. So just to kick off the conversation, I would love to hear your story. How did yoga come into your life? How did you first find out about yoga? And what about yoga intrigued you and got you to start practicing and then want to become a teacher? So I started my yoga journey around 2014, 2015 in the U.S. I used to live in Miami. I lived in Miami for around six to seven years in my life, going to university there. I got introduced to yoga there. Obviously, the yoga community is pretty vibrant in Miami, as vibrant as you can imagine the city. So it was very welcoming, very... It was a good workout for me at first. So I got introduced to hot yoga. I started it with, my, with two of my brothers who are both athletes. And it's actually a back injury that brought me to yoga. It was very welcome from the first class. It was a big whoa. Loved it. Kept on practicing different types of yoga just out of curiosity. But also living with my mom at the time who was fighting a cancer, she was making a shift to very holistic alternatives. We started practices like meditation, and that was also in 2015. So really got used to yoga and meditation in a very organic manner. Four years later, in 2019, I, I had moved back to Cameroon at first, and I went along to get my certification in Nairobi in 2019. And ever since, I've been teaching, and I've been practicing every day. Amazing. That's so cool that you just dove head first to get certified and then to open your studio in the same year or within the span of 12 months, we'll say, I just think that's so brave. What made you feel like you were ready or how did you go about it? Or I would love to hear more about what that was like to open the first yoga studio in Cameroon. It was definitely a challenge and it still is. We are a young studio about to celebrate our fourth year in September, but it was definitely a challenge. It, yet again, it still felt very natural. Our studio is 
inside an art gallery that was launched by my mom in 2004. I also took over the management of the art gallery in 2018. So again, I was lucky and blessed enough to have this physical space that existed. And in my opinion, it was a no-brainer the way art and yoga just associate. I had started off, again, I moved back in 2018 before I got my certification. I was just giving some classes to some friends at the gallery and it kind of grew into the idea of, wait, this space is huge. We can definitely find a way to get a small space for yoga and meditation. And the community just merged itself like that. And I was lucky enough to find another yoga teacher in the area. And my partner at the time was also a yoga teacher. So it was a nice team effort and other things that fell in place, like the space being there and being available for us already. And really recognizing also the need in Douala, the population, 70% or 80% of the population is under 35. People are very active. People love working out, love moving. It kind of aligned with, with the needs and wants of the community here. You know, it happened. We have been open and operating since then and very happy with what we've built. Oh, I'm so happy you are. And it does sound like there is a need in your community. If there's so many young people and active people, they probably are looking for more classes and in the physical asana practice and style. And do you feel like there's any need in your community for more of the spiritual elements of it or the emotional or mental or all of the layers to yoga that aren't just the power asana poses is there more of that need or that calling or people responding to that or is that not something you really infuse in your studio and your classes so i'd I'd say that is the more tricky part on our end being the first yoga studio in cameroon that opened means we are exposed to people who have no background or no experience to yoga at all. With that comes a whole bunch of preconceived idea, preconceived notions. So we have we also have this job of educating. We've been embracing. But yes, we absolutely try to incorporate the spiritual, mental and even emotional aspect of it because I think it all encompasses it all falls under this umbrella of yoga. So sometimes it's been a challenge in Cameroon. We do have a lot of preconceived idea, people who associate yoga to just affiliation, or sometimes it's very mystified. And we take a lot of pride in dismantling these ideas or these myths around yoga. Through practices like meditation and breath work and even different workshops like around the yamas and niyamas and different philosophy around the practice we try to share with our community around us, yeah. Amazing. I love that you're teaching workshops on the yamas and different aspects and elements of yoga philosophy. I think that's such a gift to offer those courses as well as the asana or meditation or pranayama practice because I feel like that's rare to offer that. Is that, was that just a passion for you? And you said, I really want to make sure we're dismantling these myths and teaching some of the core roots of the path of yoga. And how did that come about? And how are your students responding to it? I'll definitely say for me, it's also a discovery because like I told you, I, I grew up a big part of my life in the U.S. I was exposed to 
and quote unquote, the Western version of yoga, the Westernized yoga. And we all know the booming Western world with yoga and the yoga studios that open and the healthy lifestyle that goes around. Sometimes what's overlooked is the, the spiritual, the cultural practice to it. And coming back to Cameroon, it's something I was very happy to discover because when I came back to Cameroon, I already had a background in yoga. But going to the Africa Yoga Project, they made they had such a focus on philosophy and the spiritual aspect of it. And I'm not sure if Brahma mentioned it. I felt like just that movement getting closer to the Eastern world and coming on the continent, on the motherland, on the, in Africa, there's more of a cultural connection, whether it's to myself and to my roots, or even the way my relationship with the practice evolved yeah i would say it's definitely start it started during my teacher training in 2019 and we recently offered a teacher training last year for six students here where we are in close relationship with a studio in australia hove yoga studio awesome hi duncan if you're listening and he was also his program was also very focused on i like to call it the roots of yoga really the scriptures and philosophy that goes around it, as much as the teacher training was very physical, we still put a very hard focus on this spiritual aspect. And and I don't know, I think that's really where magic happens because, yes, as much as the asana practice can be physical and we discover ourselves when this inner change of spark happens, sometimes through this spiritual and emotional aspect that yoga brings us, but that is very subtle, and when we discover that, I feel like the true magic sometimes happens. So I would say, yeah, it's definitely my both teacher trainings that kind of moved me towards this very spiritual of the practice. Yeah. Yeah. It takes more learning. It takes the right teacher. That spark also inside of you of curiosity, of wanting to know, okay, there's more to this. Because <laughs> I feel like a lot of students do come to the practice. I'm based in the U.S. and definitely have that westernized booming industry here as well. And students are coming for a workout. They're coming to stretch because they're sore from running. That's the gateway. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we still have that. I think with the majority of our community, they want to unroll their mat and move for 50, 60, 90 minutes. And then you have those those few who are really there and want to dig a little deeper. Like I said, I'm a student myself. I feel like this passion for the off the mat aspect of the practice has recently been growing and I try to read a lot, document myself around it. And yeah, I would say the teachers in the studio are also big facilitators of this. I work with a Canadian lady. Her name is Melanie. She's very focused on the spiritual side. Everybody kind of brings their own little touch in the mix and it adds a nice little energy. Yeah. Every teacher does have that different different gift to offer. And Mm -hmm. I like hearing that you're mentioning Melanie and Duncan and some of your teachers by name. (laughs) So we'll try to get their information and put them in the show notes too. So the shout out can live on as a link. (laughs) (laughs) Stana too, I just love that you and Rama were in the same program and in the same year and in the same class. Tell us more about your teacher training. Obviously it was so impactful for you. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, wow. It was it was such a moment from from the first day to the last. It really is engraved in my memory. I think I also saw the notes you had around around the chat with Rama and I 
know how she mentioned how she met her second family, her yoga family, and I would like to say she is absolutely right. Like, <laughs> it was such a powerful experience in, in every way. The people I've met are friends for life, confidence. I feel like I really do have a family through the Africa Yoga Project. I randomly found the association. I was living in Cameroon, again, fresh from moving back from the U.S., so I was practicing already, and I wanted to really just take the step, take that leap where I was stepping from just a practitioner to really stepping into my power and becoming a teacher. Got on the computer, did a little bit of research, found this beautiful, wonderful association called the Africa Yoga Project based in Nairobi in Kenya, which is, by the way, completely the other end of the continent <laughs> compared to Cameroon. So I would have to fly across, across the continent find a way to pay for this program because unlike Rama, I did not get a scholarship. So I paid out of pocket, but I was determined. I did it. I took the leap. I called one of my aunts. I remember at the airport, I hadn't told anybody I was going. I hadn't told my dad. Uh, but I called my aunt. I was like, hey, I'm going for this teacher training. And she encouraged me. She had a bunch of nice words, which kind of ramped me up. And yeah, I got to Nairobi and the program was around two and a half weeks, three weeks. It happened so fast. It was such an enriching experience where, again, I think it was very powerful from just being in beautiful Kenya. For me personally, there, again, is a power of just being back home on this continent who is so beautiful geographically and the people are very warm. So it was an awesome experience. The organization is great. It's been functioning for more than... 10 plus years, maybe even more. And it was one of my first travels within Africa. So discovering Kenya, but also practicing and seeing this idea or this project that kept on growing throughout the years gave me the courage to launch my own initiative. And at the same time, I got to make friends. Like I said, I met my previous partner over there. And it was just that sensation of just belonging and being in a tribe that is priceless. There were over 100 people, so every practice was very powerful as far as energy. People from all walks of life. Very grateful for AYP, and I got certified, and they're very focused on power vinyasa yoga, so that is my go-to style. It was just lovely overall, very enriching. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. And I can really hear it in your words. Like the energy of your words is translating really beautifully how impactful and powerful this experience was. And I have had a few other guests from the Africa Yoga Project who've been certified by them as well. And it's always the same. Everyone loves it. And it's been such a beautiful gift and a powerful experience. And I just am in awe of all that they are doing. So I'm glad we get to spotlight their work a little bit together here. Mm -hmm. So it's maybe a question to reflect on. I do ask it to every guest, but what is your personal definition of yoga? I guess for all of us, you included, it's so personal. It touches you on such a personal level, this practice, this way of life. I like to think of yoga as a fusion of multiple physical, mental, emotional, physiological practice. I don't know if there's a word, like just maybe just hyphenate all those words in between. Yoga is just this amazing, obviously this amazing union of all these spheres 
including your emotional, your psychological, your physical, your mental state, really just mushing everything up. Obviously, it goes it goes beyond your map. It's a way of life. It's a way to carry yourself. It's a way to care, to care for the welfare of others, including yourself. It's something that you radiate. It's a way of living your life. It's a commitment. It's love. It's sacrifice. Yoga is just, just a whole bunch of, of things that come together to get you to this magical state. But it's going to sound a little cheesy, but it's really a journey. It's really something that's ongoing. It's something that doesn't stop. It's an energy that flows through you, through others. That was beautiful. <laughs> Not cheesy. Don't call it. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, no, I think it, it changes all the time. It changes all the time. What yoga was for you maybe 10 years ago is not the same as it was today. What yoga was for me anyway before I got, I became a teacher or became certified was definitely not what it was for me before. So it's this ever-changing, ever-growing phenomenon that occurs. Yeah, and I love allowing the grace for change. As you said, we can look backwards and say, yeah, yoga used to be this for me, and obviously it's not. Obviously I've gotten smarter, I've learned more, or I've gotten more spiritual. Whatever you want to infuse with that, it's easy in the rear view to say, oh yeah, it's changed. But to have that grace to look forward and say, yeah, it could change. I love that. It's so important to have that humility and that understanding that things aren't like locked into place. They're not stiff and stagnant and static. They are fluid and as yoga teachers, as yoga students, as anyone on the path of wellness, it's so interesting the word flexibility because everyone thinks, oh, I can't do yoga, I'm not flexible. Or they're saying, I will, I'm doing yoga to get more flexible. Or I can't wait to get my feet behind my head and be more flexible. There's so much focus on flexible. But really for me and from my heart, I feel that yoga is so much about flexibility. Yes, yes but not in the body. It's flexibility in the mind and in your emotions and in having more space to be flexible, to say, okay, can things not be as rigid and tightly clenched emotionally, not in our muscles, but I guess they all complement each other, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the concept of flexibility, I laugh because I think that's the first thing when people who don't know, who haven't had an experience, you guys like, no, I'm, I'm not flexible enough. Oh, no, I can't do this. It's kind of it's funny. Like, you hear it a lot. But it's, no, just have a flexible heart, a flexible mind, and it'll be okay. <laughs> yes. And so do you feel like there's a really powerful lesson that yoga has taught you or a gift that yoga has given you? Yoga definitely gave me so many gifts, and it keeps on giving. As I mentioned, in 2014, 2015, when I was practicing yoga with my mom, she was battling a cancer battle that she lost a year later but I know deeply for her and me this practice such as meditation even just like letting go and accepting really helped us moving on yoga taught me healing it's taught me to really sit down and listen to myself yoga taught me to prioritize the welfare of my loved ones and others 
And we just recently talked about change and the different, the, the roller coasters of life. Yoga definitely taught me how to deal with this. Before yoga, I dealt with a lot of anxiety. Through meditation, I'm able to be more aware and more conscious of it. Yoga has just taught me to be open to to change, open to new opportunities, and just being open while being patient. Being patient as far as like not rushing things, but yes, definitely patience, acceptance, and boundaries, and different tools to heal during difficult moments in life. Absolutely, Stan. I really agree. And these are some of the hardest lessons and biggest lessons, like forgiveness and patience and flexibility and healing. It is amazing that this is the gift that the practice of yoga gives. And people who think warrior one or a handstand is what they're learning in yoga. (laughs) They're learning a handstand, but really they're learning patience and they're learning how to heal and they're learning how to be more present and to be okay with those vulnerabilities and with what arises. So thank you for sharing that part of your story with us, Stan. I'm really passionate about yoga around the world and about connecting yoga teachers and connecting with them and having these conversations. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on why do you think it's important that yoga is all over the world now? I think it's crucial. I think, one, this is a practice that is meant to be shared, first and foremost. I don't think it's for a specific group, socioeconomic group of people. I don't think it should be limited to a certain physical space. I think it's a practice that is meant to be shared in the context of humanity. I think we are in a desperate time where we need it. I think what you do, Lily, is amazing. Just everything you do around the wellness. I think us as humans today with the style of lives we live, we crucially need to take care of ourselves for us, for the next generation, for the ones that come after us. And practices like yoga has shown to us, whether it's scientifically or within different cultures, yoga practice has shown that we are able to live more blissful and happy life by some simple tricks. I call these tricks just like sitting in silence allows us to listen to ourselves more, being more present, taking the time to move. Things that seem very mundane and almost innate. Yoga reminds us that it really takes time and there's definitely virtues in yoga like hard work and pushing but also knowing when to let go. So I think all these little lessons that we learn on and off our mat are so crucial to us today globally because it's accessible to everybody. I think we can do it no matter what background or walk of life we're in. This is something Africa Yoga taught me. They had projects that helped handicapped people who allowed handicapped people to gain access to information and become certified. So I think just on a personal note, we need it globally and in different communities just to alleviate so much pain, yeah, so much hurt, whether it's physical, emotional, or mental. Yoga is the perfect tool for it. Stan, that was so well said. I echo everything you said. And as we're talking about yoga around the world, I'd love to hear too about yoga in Cameroon. I know that you opened the first yoga studio there. You're about to celebrate that four-year anniversary this year. And I'd love to hear just a little bit more. Is there more yoga studios popping up or anything else you'd like to share about yoga in Cameroon? 
So we have two yoga studios opening this year. Woo! In about a few months, which is great. I'm so excited. Um, you know, lots of people tell me, but hey, stand competition. I'm very much of a community person, so I'm just like, it's this is awesome for the city of Douala. This is awesome for people, more space, more safe space, more little niche to come and take care of yourself in every sense of the word. So we have two yoga studios opening up by two awesome teachers that I happen to work with, to have worked with in the past. We already have a plan of coexisting and really working together. Yoga in Cameroon, it's very exciting. It can be very exciting. It can also be very confusing. It's Yoga is a very new concept in the country. So I don't know if you can picture Cameroon, but right, picturing the African continent, we're right in the pit. I like to tell my fellow Floridians that all the hurricanes that end up there kind of starts right off the coast of Cameroon. So yeah, like just being there, very beautiful country. Its nickname is Africa in miniature because you can find all kinds of different climates, all kinds of different regions, over a hundred different dialects. So it's really a rich, diverse country. Um, Douala is the economic capital, so it's very vibrant, very young, as I mentioned. So as far as the demographics, you really have everything. You have a big expat population that live and work here. So sometimes we have, I would like to say, they constitute about 50% of our clientele. But then the rest, the other 50% is very random. We have the young university students who maybe just heard of yoga or doesn't have any experience and is coming really with an open heart and wants to discover it. We have maybe some young employed people who are looking for an alternative to compensate their gym practice. So we really have a bunch of wide spectrum of people, again, who come with an open heart, ready to discover. And sometimes we also do a lot of outreach events to kind of not only wait for these people to come to us, but bring yoga to others. So it's a mix, but there's still a lot of, there's a big educational aspect of it, really breaking down the myth and the preconceived idea around the, around the practice. And we just try to keep an open door, um, being open to everybody. We give community classes, one community class a month, free, and just trying to reel as much practitioners as we can. Beautiful. I love offering community classes, and I'm glad that's something you do as well. And Sten, I know you did share a little bit about Cameroon in general, but is there anything else you'd like to highlight about your country for the listeners who would like to learn more or maybe don't even know where Cameroon is quite on the map? The <laughs> <laughs> Cameroon, again, picturing Africa right in the pit. I like to call it like right in the armpit. There's a little country shaped like a chicken. That's Cameroon. A very beautiful country. Travel a lot when I'm not doing yoga. I travel around the country a lot. We have beautiful beaches. And the north is very dry, so you can have beautiful savannas. And in the east, we have the Congo Basin, which is the second biggest rainforest that kind of overlaps into Cameroon. So you really have these beautiful geographical locations with waterfalls and mountains and beaches, really everything. It's also beautiful because Cameroon is one of the only countries in the region that is bilingual. So people speak English and French, which I think is a beautiful thing. What else can I mention about the country? People are very warm. People are funny. 
and we have two seasons. We're right in the middle of hot season. It's either hot season or warm season, and then during the summertime, it's rainy season. Two seasons, either it rains a lot, either it's very hot, <laughs> in Douala anyway. And yeah, I would encourage everybody to come visit. There's a lot to see, a lot to do. Yeah, <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you for sharing with us. Just gorgeous. And I can picture Cameroon on a map. I love geography since I do yeah. so much international work. I really like to know where things are. But I've never noticed it was in the shape of a chicken. And I just pulled up the map too. And I was like, let me double check that. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like a chicken, right? I also, this is like a recent discovery. I was like, wait, yeah. I see the chicken. It has the beak and it has kind of that rooster yeah, right. type thing on their head. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's great you have some coastline too. It's yeah. you, I can't picture where Douala is though. Is that closer to the coast? It's closer to the coast. It's like in the bottom left. So we're one hour one hour away from a beautiful beach called Beaches in Limbe. It's there's a volcano there, so it's black sand from the ashes. It is gorgeous. Yeah, Atlantic Ocean, same ocean as the US. East Coast. So yeah, warm waters and very tropical. Mm, Well, thank you, Stan, for sharing. And so for all of our listeners who maybe have a question or are curious, I'm definitely going to link your Instagram and your Facebook account here in the show notes. So wherever anyone's listening, you can just scroll, open it, click on a link, and you'll be connected to Sten and to Archeoga. And also these links, as well as a transcript of this podcast episode. So if you want to go back, find a quote or reread something, that's all available at wildyogatribe.com slash yoga in Cameroon. So Sten, do you want verbally here on the show today though, to say what your Instagram and Facebook are? Yeah, I'll go ahead. My Instagram is at ARK, A-R-K underscore yoga. So ARK underscore yoga. And my Facebook page is at Studio ARK Yoga. So pretty pretty straightforward. My personal Instagram is at SKG12. So follow me. Would love to connect. And again, Lily, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Stan. It's been a gift to be with you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Wild Yoga Tribe podcast. My conversation with Sten Kaji, a yoga teacher from Cameroon, was so bright and beautiful. As we looked at yoga as a union of spheres, a fusion of many practices, and I hope that this conversation made you curious about how yoga is a journey. And what yoga is for you can change, grow, and transform at any moment, and it likely will throughout your life. If you're looking to tune into an episode that is all about being open to change and being flexible with yourself and with your life, then this is the conversation for you. Thank you for listening to the Wild Yoga Tribe podcast. Be well. Thank you for the gift of your attention today. If you feel called, please share this episode with someone who you think could benefit from it. Leaving a review would also be so appreciated. I also hope you can join me online on my website, wildyogatribe.com, or on social media. I would love to get to know you better. I would love to share with you and to hear your thoughts. Send me a DM, send me a note, get in touch. It would be great to hear from you. And as always, be well, dear one, be well.